mano a mano live. Cuéntame, mi negro. Well, Kenny T, it is Monday night. That means it is time for Mano a Mano Live. Estamos en vivo, Kenny T, King Kenny T, King Kong Kenny T, KO Kenny T. It's time to talk boxing, my brother. It is Mano a Mano Live. It's Maestro, it's Kenny T. It's El Negrito Calzando Panico. My brother, D-Style Boxing, El HCP Capitan will be in the house, in the chat, likely. And look, we got a lot to talk about today, brother. Uh, big weekend of fights. Why don't you just get us started, Kenny? You go for it. You get the show started. You, you cook for a minute, Kenny. Mute, bro. First of all, brother, thank you for the hell of an introduction. That was an insane introduction. Appreciate you like always. You already know. And, uh, you know, we got Saul Alvarez in the in the chat. You know what I'm saying? Canelo! Who, who knew we'd have in Canelo watching our show? That's a joke, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, we have a lot lined up for you guys today. It's uh, definitely going to be an exciting show. A uh, good amount of jokes, you know what I'm saying? And I think we should bring it right off with a, a great fight that took this weekend – that took place this weekend that I think was even more exciting than what everybody's most excited about. And I'm talking about the Stephen Fultz and Brandon Figueroa fight. Right, so, right. So uh, if you could lead us off off into your thoughts going into the fight regarding who you thought was going to win, uh, uh, why, and how the fight went. Uh, well, who, who you thought won the fight because, you know, there's a lot of controversy in that fight as well. Right. Uh, so we'll, we'll get started with Fulton and Figueroa. It, it was a great fight it was a fight i was really looking forward to it was a fight that was delayed uh so i was disappointed about that the delay that happened but at the end of the day they brought it to us it was on showtime it wasn't on pay-per-view okay so we didn't have to dip into the pockets right and, and pull out extra dough showtime gave it to us as part of the monthly much appreciated showtime for that going into the fight I said it was going to be a 50-50 fight. I said it could go either way. I said I was flipping the coin on it. And I said I was going to go with Brandon Figueroa, the heartbreak kid. It wasn't sweet chin music on Saturday night. Uh, he did his best to be aggressive. He was very aggressive with it. Um, I felt Fulton was holding a little bit more than I would have liked. But at the end of the day, you got to know that he does that. If you watch his fights... That's part of his inside game. That's how he handles inside pressure. Um, and if a referee ain't going to stop it, I mean, you're going to keep doing it. And, you know, Brandon Figueroa didn't get busy the way that we saw him get busy against Luis Neri when he got the KO. I was one of the few people out there that picked him to beat Neri. He was the underdog in that fight. I was on the round table. I was the lone person to pick him. So I said, you know what? This dude helped me out last time. I'm going to flip the coin, and I'm going to go with him this time. Having said that, Kenny, your analysis last week was spot on. Uh, I felt that it was a close fight. Personally, I gave Fulton the edge, um, but I wouldn't have complained had it gone to Figueroa. 
But at the end of the day, I don't think Figueroa necessarily... I understand he's emotional. I understand it was a tight fight. I understand he felt he won. But you can't really complain about the outcome of the fight because it was close. And like I said, I think that uh, Fulton did enough did enough to win it. He, he had to clean the accurate shots. And like I said, he smothered a lot of Figueroa's work on the inside with the holding game. Kenny, what are your thoughts on it? Listen, man. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree with your synopsis. Uh, uh, my my thoughts last week were that uh, Fulton was uh, going to pull the win out. Uh, I just felt that he had the better defense and just the more accurate shots and that that was going to benefit him in this fight going into the fight. I knew that Figueroa was a power puncher and that he threw a lot of punches and he could last very long. But I didn't think that that was going to work to him for a large portion of the fight, which is exactly what took place. Um, you know, there's a lot of controversy saying that that Figueroa won the fight and Figueroa getting mad and at the, holding the mic saying that he won the fight, you know. I disagree with the, with those judgments. Uh, my thoughts are that uh, Fulton definitely won the fight and he did exactly what he should. He won about two minutes of every, not every round, but most rounds, you know, uh, Brandon Figueroa definitely had his good moments when he was powerful. He was getting to the body nicely. He was getting to the head and he definitely even stunned Fulton. But stunning somebody is not knocking somebody down. You do not get points for stunning somebody. Uh, you get point. Uh, I mean, it depends what you're looking for as a judge, right? Like we said, beauty's in the eye of the beholder when it comes to boxing. There's no uh, set point system which uh, uh, boxers are uh, scored on. But yes, in my opinion, Fulton definitely won that fight. Um, sorry for uh, Figueroa; he did well out there, but it wasn't well enough. The defense of Fulton definitely uh, carried him over, and also the accurate shots. And 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 he lasted the entire fight as I thought he would. You know. One of the questions going into the fight was if he had the stamina to last for the entire fight uh, with his defensive style and last against that many punches. Uh, I think he definitely answered that question. I think it was the most exciting fight of the weekend, even more exciting than the Teofimo Lopez fight, in my opinion. And that is not a hating opinion. I just thought it was more exciting. Well, you know, look, Kenny, you can't be worried about the haters. The haters are always going to be out there. At the end of the day, Kenny, you speak the truth. Uh, you see it as you see it. Uh, I do the same. I see it as I see it. Uh, at the end of the day, I, be- I agree you're right. I agree that it was the more exciting fight. I think the most exciting thing about the gambosis Teofimo fight, which we're going to get into, obviously, tonight, is the fact that Gambosis was laying down an ass whooping and people didn't expect it. Um, but as excitement goes, uh, in terms of an even playing field fight and a back and forth and an ebb and flow, I definitely agree with you that Figueroa Fulton was the better fight. Um, because I think for the most part, and we're going to get into this next, uh, the other fight was quite one-sided. Um, Kenny, uh, am I necessarily wrong about that yes you're really wrong you're really wrong kenny don't, don't do it kenny don't do it don't tell the truth <laughs> listen no uh you were definitely not wrong in this situation um look he didn't do uh what he had to do uh and he went in there too emotional and then that made it a very one-sided fight in my opinion um 
everybody has an opinion. I am a fan of boxing. Uh, and when doing my uh, judgments and my commentating, I do not behave as a fan of specific boxers. I am uh, judge from a different aspect. So, uh, you know, I have no hate for Teofimo Lopez. I just think that it was a very one-sided fight. Cambosis did exactly what he had to do. He was very posed, uh, poised, excuse me. Uh, he definitely, um, as he was, as Lopez was throwing punches, Cambosis was throwing punches in between. And, and, and look, it, it it just is what it is. It, it didn't end up the way that I thought it was going to end up. It didn't end up the way that most people thought it was going to end up. Uh, and I blame that all on emotions. I do think that Teofimo Lopez has the skill set in order to be able to move forward and be very effective in his weight division than the next weight division. If he even does fight at 135 anymore, he didn't sound like he wanted that fight afterwards. I do hope he does take a rematch for his own sake, for his own legacy. Uh, if he does want to be called uh, one of the uh, um, undisputed uh, champions at that, at that weight class, then he does need to go back and get those belts back and get that last butt from Haney. Otherwise, it's just, it's just not good for his legacy. This is, you know, it's my opinion. Oh, well, I agree with you, Kenny. And uh, before I get to the Super Chat, if you are here live, hit that like button, please. Hit that notification button and hit every button here. The subscribe button, if you have Because we hitting all buttons. 100%. We're going to hit a number of buttons tonight, probably, but that is okay. D Style Boxing, El Capitan of HCP. Let me do that again. A little louder this time. Uh, thank you for the super chat, everybody. Support D Style Boxing. Make sure you subscribe and all that good stuff. Let people know we're live. It's Mano a Mano Live with Kenny T. It is monday night so make sure you let people know this is the home of boxing talk maestro at boxing and hcp and soon you guys got to check out king kenny tko kenny king kong kenny t because he is going to be starting his channel very soon and that's something i've really been looking forward to so uh Look, let's talk about it. Uh, let's, you know, it was, it was a little bit, honestly, uh, it, it was a little bit of a, of a surprise to some. Um, again, not everybody was surprised by this, but uh, there were some people that seemed to be very surprised by the fact that Teo Fimo Lopez not only met his match, but uh, met someone who took it to him, who was, dare I say, more than his match. Um, and to anyone listening, um, they should have expected a little bit of this. This is madness! Madness. This is Sparta! Was a uh, Sparta, as those of you know who who know, and those of you who don't know, uh, George Gambosis Jr. is a proud Greek, is a proud Spartan, out of Australia, and uh, he showed up ready for war. Uh, he said he was going to be showing up ready for war. Uh, we did a little bit of talking about that 
yesterday when we did a little bit of an extended post fight live the following day. Kenny, go through your thoughts. Just give give people a rundown. Give people the Kenny T rundown of your thoughts about George Gambosis Jr. going into this fight. Well, look, man. <clears throat> I felt like everybody else. I... Uh... I, I did. Th- I, it's not that I didn't think that George Cambosis was skilled enough. It's just that I felt his uh, physical attributes were going to be detrimental. He had, it, the one thing that I pointed out every single time, time and time again, is the, his arms length. He has a shorter arms length than Teofimo Lopez, and his uh, his midsection is, is very, very wide. He, he he doesn't have long legs. He 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 has a more of a longer torso. So. My thought process was that he wasn't going to be able to move around the ring as fast as he was moving because he has shorter legs and that Teofimo's reach was going to be an advantage to Teofimo Lopez, thinking that he was going to be using the jab right hand. But instead, uh, he was just out there throwing home runs, you know what I'm saying? Swinging for the fences every single opportunity that he had. And I think he fought with emotion I, at the end of the day, uh, you know, that leaded him to, uh, uh, excuse me, a defeat that he shouldn't have gotten. It shouldn't have been a defeat if he would have just stayed calm, stayed patient, uh, and fought properly. But look, I'm not hating on Cambosis. Shout, shout out to Cambosis. The guy went out there. He did the damn thing. He fought with a lot of heart. He threw punches. In between punches, he landed his, and he took hits. And he, he actually took a lot of good hits from Teofimo, and he kept moving and coming forward. Even after he got back up, he fought very well in the following round. All, you know, all praise to Cambosis. Uh, no hate to Lopez. It is what it is. The better man won the fight that night. Yes, look, the better man did win the fight. And I got to be honest, when I hear people say, oh, well, you know, Maestro, you know, yeah, he won the fight, but Teofimo's the better boxer. I got a question. How, Sway? How? He just lost the fight. How are you telling me that he's a better boxer when he just literally got outboxed? This wasn't a cold-clocked, I-wasn't-ready knockout punch that he didn't see coming. This was a 12-round fight. Mind you, a 12-round fight that he got super busted up in. His face was very busted up. Um, I'm going to show a picture of that later. Um, his And Gambosis did his thing. He was jabbing. He was in and out movement, side-to-side movement, punch variation, jabbing, double jabbing, hooking off the jab, in and out, throwing an uppercut every now and again. He brought a lot to the table. I don't understand this logic of, oh, yeah, Maestro, well, yeah, he lost, but he's a better fighter. He just lost the fight. He literally just lost a fight. He is not the better fighter until he beats George Gambosis Jr. He didn't outbox George Gambosis Jr. George Gambosis Jr., correct me if I'm wrong, Kenny, but stood there and traded. Wasn't backing up. Wasn't a defensive cutie. He was there going toe-to-toe, mano-a-mano, and outslugged and outboxed Teofimo Lopez. He did. And he knocked him down in the first round. By the way, some fucked up scoring happened there too because he only got a 10-9 round on some scorecards. When's the last time you've seen that happen in a fight where a guy knocks down the other guy? So, look, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. He caught the L. Deal with it. 
and we're going to get into some delusion later. We're not going to show the whole videos like we did yesterday. If you want to go back and watch the videos, you can go back and watch the videos. But we are going to talk about a little bit of the delusion. But shout out to my bro, Brandon Lenz from The Boxing Voice, okay? Because he sent me this prophetic statement from Teo Fimo Lopez's opponent, none other than George Ferocious Gambosis Jr. Have a listen, and then I want to do show you one bit of video I have. Super chat as well. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to the super chat right after this, Kenny. Just remind me in a moment. Here yeah. we go. Because when he has been in the bright lights and enjoying his time and having fun and lapping it up, no problem. You're the big celebrity. You're in the bright lights. I've been in the dark, in the trenches, in the gym. So those were the statements of George Gambosis Jr. And what I want to show everybody, okay, what I want to show everybody, think about it. He was in the dark. He was in the trenches. Check out what Sr. was doing before the fight, when he should have been with his son, when he should have been warming his son up, giving him last-minute instructions, giving him a motivational talk. The stuff that he was saying between rounds maybe would have been better suited before the fight, but before the fight, they did a Thanksgiving Day parade of eight belts. I was there. They took them out to the ring. He had a bunch of people holding the belts. One guy had three, another guy had one, another guy had one. And Teofimo Sr., under the bright lights, just as George Gambosis put it, well, why don't I just show you myself and stop talking about it? While George Gambosis was preparing himself mentally for battle, getting ready for war, getting ready for mano a mano combate, Teofimo Sr. was dancing in the ring. DJ, play that song. Because I got to dance. I got to show up and show out. This is the Teofimo Sr. show. It's all about senior right now. Where's my son? I don't know. I guess he's in the back. Who he with? I don't know. The guy I left him with, I guess. George Gambosis was preparing for battle. He was preparing for war. And what was Senior doing? Well, guys, you saw it yourself. Saw it yourself. You saw it yourself. Madness. Madness. This is Sparta! That is what he was preparing to do going into battle. And we were doing a juking and jiving contest. Maybe it was Soul Train. I don't know. Maybe it was Don Francisco. Sabado Gigante. Maybe it was a little bit of that. But he wasn't preparing his son at all for what was about to come. Now, let me get into the super chat. And then at 8.30, we got a special 
guest, friend of the channel joining us. So get ready for that. Uh, we got to go to Mellow. $2 Super Chat. Thank you, sir. For me, the fight was a 6-6 draw or 7-5 for Gambosis. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was a clear win for Gambosis, but that is my opinion. Um, now, as for opinions, let's have a listen to Teofimo Jr. Um, after the fight, during the post-fight interview between Chris Mannix and none other than George Gambosis Jr. Here's what Teofimo had to say. In your mind, the biggest win in Australian boxing history. Look at me. Greatest. I'm the greatest fighter in Australian history, and that's not disrespect. I got all the belts. The greatest Australian fighter in history. Listen, yep. you're a champ. Forget well, the rest. Hey, yo, yo. You got a hell of a fighter, but I won tonight, man. Everybody know that. The referee raised my hand. I won tonight. I don't care what anybody says, yo. I won tonight. Hey, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I've been here. I've done that. I want to thank God. I want to thank everybody that came out tonight. Look, I ain't no sore loser. I take my wins like I take my losses. At the end of the day, man, I'm a true champion. I came out here. I did what I had to do. And I went out there and I did my best. Yo, I don't care what anybody says, man. I am as well as they come. And watch, this is the takeover, man. We don't stop. We keep coming. Yo, at the end of the day, man, I love you all. I won this fight. Teofimo, you, you believed coming in that you were going to be able to end this fight early. You get knocked down in the first round. What was your mindset going back to the corner? It's good. Good shot. All right. Time to wake up. Time to do the thing what I got to do. After that, man, it was a, it is what it is. It's boxing. But you know what, man? I know what it is. I know how these people work. Referee knew I won tonight. Everybody won, knew I won tonight. And I'm just thankful. Did you believe this was a close fight going into those last two rounds? No, I don't. I don't believe it was a close fight at all. I believe that at the end of it all, I scored, I scored 11-2. Well, 11-10-2. Uh, well, there you have it. He scored it 10-2. And, you know, I was hearing quite a bit of things, you know, going into this week, going into the fight over the past month. People were hating, you know, leader of the pack, leader of the pack, Don audio. I'm Maestro, you can't say bad things. I love Teofimo. Don't ever say anything bad about him. Stop it, Maestro. Stop it right now. Look, I said what I thought was true. But Maestro, you got to keep the same energy. Keep the same energy, Maestro. We're going to keep the same energy. Matter of fact, I'm going to keep the same energy right now. Let's have a listen to Teo. Is he keeping the same energy? When I said what I said about Wilder, it's not to discredit anything about the man, you know, as his manhood. I'm not saying anything about that. All I'm talking about is in the boxing, nobody's going to care about what happened. You lost. You, whatever happened, happened. You know what I mean? Move on. A few moments later. Fighter, but I won tonight, man. Everybody know that. The referee raised my hand. I won tonight. I don't care what anybody says, yo. I won tonight. Hey, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I've been here. I've done that. I want to thank God. I want to thank everybody that came out tonight. Look, I ain't no sore loser. I know what it is. I know how these people work. Referee knew I won tonight. Everybody won, knew I won tonight. I don't believe it was a close fight at all. I believe that at the end of it all, I scored, I scored 11-2. There you go. You heard it yourself. Uh, he felt he won it 10-2. to two. Uh, I didn't see it that way. Kenny, I don't believe you saw it that way. Definitely uh, not. 
I don't know many people that saw it that way. And um, look, before we get into where he goes from here and next steps and all of that good stuff, shout out to my brother Chicano Prophet um, because he said something or showed me something. And I was like, damn, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Can I can I talk about this? Can I do it? I don't know, Kenny. Can I do it? Because we were we were at, we were we were at the garden, and I saw a guy come out with a certain flag, fighting a, another Latino, repping his country. He had a certain flag, and people say, "Ah, oh, you play a hater, Maestro. You play a hater, Maestro. Don't do it. Don't ever talk about him like that." Look, I get it, but Don Odio, what what was I that off, Don Odio? Was I that off? What do, what do we call that, though, Kenny? My so don't say it. You can't say that word. Don't ever say that word. It's a really bad word. Don't ever say that. Uh, I don't... What What's the word for the picture on the left, Ed? Is it bad for me to say that the guy on the right kind of looks like the guy on the left? Or am I way off? On it, Master, don't do it. Don't say the word. Don't ever do it. Uh, I can't do it. I don't. I don't want Don Odio to have a heart attack. Okay, he might even be on suicide watch at this point after this fight. So, let let you know what. Let me let me just close. I I don't want to hurt any more feelings. All right, we can't do that. Okay. I'll let the chat decide if there was a little similarity. Maybe Maestro was way off. Maybe he was close. I don't know. But we're going to bring on Mr. DLG Image Creations, friend of the show, longtime supporter. DLG, you are live on Mano a Mano Live with Kenny T. What's good, my brother? What up, what up, fellas? How's it going, DLG? It's going well. It's boxing's doing well. Everything is well. There you go. There you go. So what were your thoughts on this weekend's fights, DLG? We had the Showtime card. We had the, the Zone card. Uh, actually, hold that thought. Before I get to that, let me get to the brother Nando Giamas, big friend of the show. He says, Teo is not the first big puncher to get caught slipping with no plan B. He knows now KOs are earned at the top tier level, especially as he moves up. Thank you, Don Nando Llamas. Muchisimas gracias. Thank you. Let's go, DLG. What are your thoughts of this past weekend? It was exciting. It's what makes boxing interesting. You know, anything can happen at any given time. If you see two different fighters at the top level, anybody can technically win if they do the right game plan and if they plan accordingly and have backup plans and know how to adjust it's just the way it is you see two fighters you can see the positives you can see the negatives in both and boxing is like a chess match it's for every move you do what move am i going to do and if you can't adjust that's what happened with Teo. Teo had one thing on mind i'm going to knock you out in the first round and once he got dropped the plan went out the window and he felt he had to catch up and he had to try to take his head off to win and from there there was no plan zero plan and it's not saying that He's not a good boxer. It's just that night 
whatever it was, the emotions got to him, his prediction that he was trying to he was trying to prove too much too fast. Combosos did what he went to do, and from before the fight even started, the weigh-ins, look at their eyes. Look at those face-offs. Look at those confrontations. Cambosos said it himself. When he saw a tail, he saw nervous energy. When you look at Cambosos, there was no nervous energy. It was pure focus. And I'm not surprised it went the way that it did. Uh, I'm one of the people that when I speak about the Lomachenko fight, Teo won not because of what he did, but mostly because of what Loma didn't do, which was not fight the first half of the fight. When Loma picked it up and actually threw punches, Teo looked confused. He got hit with shots he didn't even know where they were coming from, and he didn't know how to react to them. The only round in the second half that I kind of say he put up more of a fight was that last round, was towards the 11th and 12th, was when he started trying to come back where he was a fucking, I'm just going to throw and try to do something. But as soon as Loma started throwing, he was like a deer in headlights. So for people to think that he walked through Loma, he didn't walk through Loma. He didn't hurt him. He didn't knock him down. He didn't stumble him. Nothing. But when Loma turned up, put the gas on, his head was, he looked confused. You could see it in his eyes. When there's no game plan, Cambosos put up a fight that he didn't expect, and he didn't have a plan B. And is that on him? Or is that on his dad? Or is that on both of them? You have to have a plan B. You have to be able to adjust. You have, he has a skill set. He has power. He has speed. But you need technique and you need, it's, yeah, you need that stuff, but you need to have a plan. You need to be able to think. You need to have that computer in your brain that kind of anticipates. And for whatever reason, whether it's the personal stuff that's going on or whatever it is, that night, he didn't have it. And on any given night, I don't have to be better than you 365 days in a year. I just have to be better than you a majority of those rounds that night. That person just has to be better than you for just those amount of rounds. I don't have to be better than you 365 days in a year. I don't got to beat you every day. I just got to beat you today. And that's what Combosos did. He beat him that day. Yeah, he beat him that day, and he was the better man on the night. And let's have a listen, everybody, to Teofimo Sr. corner work. This was after the first round uh, when Teofimo Jr. got dropped. Have a listen, and then DLG, I want you to give your opinion on what you're hearing here. Well, at the end there, Sergio Mora was about to say, that wasn't off balance. But DLG, what are your thoughts? Or what did you hear that during the fight? And if you didn't, what are your thoughts about it now? He was giving him misinformation. He wasn't giving him a lot of actual direction. It was more just kind of like trying to build his ego back up. Oh, that was nothing. You're fine. You're doing okay. We're winning. And putting this false sense of security in his head. And it was wrong. Like you said, oh, knock him out. Okay. Tell him how. Are you telling him to watch out for the left hand? Are you telling him to freaking cut off the right? What, do you, what direction are you giving him? Are you telling him what to lie off for? Or are you telling him what to set up? Telling him to go out there and kick his ass is vague. He's like, come on, okay, kick his ass. How? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't helpful at all. I think it wasn't helpful. I also think it was inconsistent because he, at one moment he's like, get him the fuck out of there or whatever. And then the other moment he's like, tell him to calm down, can he? 
look, I I, <clears throat> I definitely agree with you. I think he sounded crazy, uh, which is definitely the reason why uh, Cambosa's father was saying that he sounded like he was drunk on the other corner, that he, he had to have been drinking before the fight and during the fight. Um, you know, the guy sounded crazy. He didn't sound like uh, a trainer. He sounded like a father. And like I've said several times before, sometimes you got to cut the ties between business and personal. Uh, you know, you can't always do business with family. Uh, sometimes it just doesn't work out and you got to do business elsewhere. And, you know, I think it's definitely both of their faults, Teofimo and his father. Uh, Teofimo should have been cut the ties, you know, and his father, I'm pretty sure, is pushing the buttons like, I'm your father. I deserve to be here. And, you, you know, that, that just seems to be, from my, my, my point of view, seems to be like the type of guy that he is. So, you know. They both have uh, blame in the game, and there is many places for Teofimo to go from here. It's just the man sounds crazy, and he needs to get up out that corner. Yeah, you or, 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 or like I said, make him a cheerleader. You know, have him, you know. Yeah, he's too much with the, the we and the I. I'm like, this is this is Teo, not you. It's like he says we and I way too much, and it's like, wait a second. it's He's living vicariously through his son, and it's it's apparent to everybody but him, and and – I'm not sure if it's apparent to Teo or he just doesn't know how to cut the string. I don't know, but it's apparent to everybody. Yeah, uh, let's listen to the end of round eight. Also not the greatest round for Teo Fimo. That's how you do it. Fuck this motherfucker up already. You too strong for him. By staying in the outside, you're going to get hit. All right. When you finish hitting him, go right back in and finish hitting him again. Do it two times for three, all right? Always use a jab to get in, all right? So, Kenny, I had you react to that yesterday. DLG, uh, what were your thoughts here in that? It's not useful. It's like punch him more than he punches you. Win the fight. Don't get hit. It's like, come on, you got to give a little bit more direction than that. He's just looking up a book of common phrases that that trainers say. And let me just repeat it, and hopefully it works. Yeah, and what's interesting to me, too, is like Teo would actually have like a really bad round, and he's there jumping up and down in You're the You're doing court. good. Yeah, he's basically putting in his head that if he wills it, that if I say we're winning, we're winning. Yeah, it, it doesn't work that way. Well, I have I'm, a question for you guys. I know, you with it. I know you with it, Maestro. Yeah. Uh, I've been to Fights Live. I've seen it on TV. Mm-hmm. Was your did you get a chance to watch it again? Yeah, actually, as soon as I got home, my wife wanted me to watch it because she wanted me to hear this clown ass shit that she was hearing <laughs> during the telecast. Um, what were your what were your views being there live and then watching it again? Like, was it drastically different, or did well, you? Here's 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 like the whole thing. Uh, at the beginning. Um, right before the fight started, I showed this earlier. There was footage that I took of Teofimo literally just dancing around the ring while he was waiting for Gambosis to come out. I'm talking about senior. And I was like, wow, clown show. Here we go again. And then Gambosis came out. They were booing him. You know, he was the foreign fighter. He was on enemy soil. And he got up onto the ropes and it was like absorbing all of it. Can he using it like fuel? You know what I mean? Um, dead staring people in the crowd. Then Teo came out and it, the, the 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 theater exploded. Teo, Teo, Teo. You know he came down uh, to the Roy Jones, the new Roy Jones song, the updated version of uh, of Y'all Must Have Forgot. 
I was surprised about that. Yeah, I actually liked that. It got me hyped. And then the fight started, and people literally, he came out guns blazing, ready to take his head off. Uh, he was swinging for the fences. He was trying to, you know, bully him, and then got caught, and the mood kind of started to change, right? And they were still with Tail, trying to encourage him on and do his thing. It kind of exploded when he got that knockdown in the 10th. Um, but there were moments in the fight where George Gambosis was, like, turning the crowd onto his side. Uh, you guys probably saw when he was winding up on his punch, you know, winding up play, showboating a bit. The audience actually liked that. Uh, and then at the end of the fight, people thought it was a great fight. Uh, they were up on their feet cheering. The verdict came out. The judges' uh, scorecards were read. No boos in the crowd. None at all. Okay? And here's where it all went bad. Like, I was disappointed in Tao the way he kind of interrupted the post-fight interview and said that he won and that it was a robbery and everybody knew what happened and it was 10-2. And then here's the other thing that happened. Before the fight, Tao Sr. was making claims that they were going to send Gambosis to the hospital. Okay? I was there after the fight. EMS and the doctor escorted Teofimo to an ambulance, which took him to the hospital. It was confirmed by Eddie Hearn that it went to the hospital. And I actually started to feel pretty bad for Teofimo Lopez. I actually did. Uh, And then what happened is the following day, I saw these interviews with his father saying that they sold out the garden. False. The arena. False. They didn't sell out 20 grand. They sold out 5.5. Impressive, but it wasn't the garden. And then he started talking about how, yeah, he got robbed and everybody knew it and that his son's next two fights are going to be on pay-per-view. Don't believe me? Shout out Radio Raheem. Check out the interview. It's all there. Yeah, uh, you know, and you've seen it too, right, DLG? Yeah, he's <clears throat> delusional. Yep. Yeah, I mean. Saying that his, it was uh, it's the zone's fault that they did it to him and that his son, is he, it was his mistake. He said he, he, said he should have took the top rank deal. Him, he didn't say t- uh, Lopez Jr. He said he should have took yeah. the top rank deal. I'm like, wait a second, it's, it's your son. Your son is the boxer, not you. And it's just a bunch of craziness coming out of his mouth, and that his son is going to move up and he's going to fight uh, Josh Taylor. And like this guy doesn't have his son's best interests at heart. He just wants to be in the spotlight, and he's living vicariously through his son. He's not the one getting punched in the face, but he's he's he he wants the attention. One hundred percent. And look, it is what it is. Gambosis is the emperor. He's the big man. He's the top dog. He's the alpha wolf in the pack, right? He's the head of the lion pride, as King Kenny T would say. Uh, He's the man at 135 right now. And look, Jojo Diaz. What's the saying? You you say he was the king? There's a saying. Heavy is the the head that wears the crown? Heavy is the head that wears the crown. But I like the way he put it. He said that he's an emperor because he goes overseas and conquers. Oh, I can't say. Well, oh, well, actually, I gotta, I gotta hold up. Can't say that word. Can't say it. He got a target <laughs> on his back right now. That's what he has. Because as, yeah. you know, as, as soon as he won, everybody has something to say. All of a sudden, Ryan Garcia is feeling one hundred percent and wants to come back and fight him. Shakur, Ste- Shakur Steven wants to move up and wait. Shakur Steven, who didn't want to go overseas to fight Warrington, now wants to get his passport out and go to Australia. And, and he was being nice about it instead of exactly, that yep. aggressive approach. He always has. 
He's like, what's up, Tam? Say we meet up and, you know, set that fight up. Shakur, I'll go over yep. there to Australia. You sound Shakur, foolish. Shakur was respectful. Uh, Haney was respectful. Mm-hmm. Ryan Garcia didn't even congratulate Combosos. He's like, he's like, my fight, my next fight, I'm going to fight Combosos. This is like, again, it's just like that diva mentality. Like, didn't congratulate the guy that had nothing to say. But all of a sudden, now you want to put your name in, into the mix all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the that's kind of the move these days, man. Um, you know, people are ri- trying to ride on other people's waves. Uh, also, though, he's been doing that, Ryan Garcia. Uh, you know, he said after the Fortuna thing, he said, "Oh, my next fight, Jojo Diaz." Um, after Haney won, oh, my next fight, Devin Haney. You know. So am I allowed to am I allowed to do this, Kenny, on this one? Little is that is that a little bit of is that a little bit of a clout chase for Ryan? Can I say that? It's definitely in some of a clout chase for Ryan, which is funny because it's not really something that he needs to do. The guy has all the Instagram Instagram followers and brings a bunch of people that don't even watch boxing to boxing. So if anything, bro, get your ass in the ring and let these hands chase clout. Don't, don't let your mouth chase clout. Yeah, so look, we've got two fights taking place this weekend, um, both in the lightweight division. Um, both guys, or all four guys, I should say, are, are, are not the number one guy. I think the number one guy is Gambosis. Everyone else, including Lomachenko. Sorry, Loma people. He's got to get back to the top. He's not there right now. Well, we got, you said two. We got several. We got Diaz, we got Diaz and, and Haney. We yeah, got we, got Lo- we got we got Loma and Kome and Tank and Cruz. Well, uh, Loma and Kome is not this weekend. Loma and Kome is yeah, not this weekend, but like weekend. just coming up within the yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we got we got we got six people, let's say, right now fighting for the number one spot, right? Um, we got six people fighting for it, and look, to me, Gambosis is number one. Uh, he is he's taking the throne. People got to respect it. We got Haney and Diaz coming up. Uh, and we've also got Tank Davis fighting Isaac Cruz. Should we even should we even count that? Should we other even pe- count that? Other Kenny? people are always going to mention Tank's name, so unfortunately, we just gotta. It's going to be mentioned, so you got to mention it. All right, so they're all go, they're all going to this thing, right? <laughs> they are they all in the running, Kenny. <sighs> <laughs> Look, man. Uh, I don't know if uh, they're all in the running for 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 greatness, or should be to be like you said, the four kings. For this, for this. Oh, for, for clown shit. Not for clown a, shit. the number one spot. Who Shout know? Chris. Shout out to Ludo Chris. Are nah, they? Nah, are, they nah. are the are these next fights for these fighters? positioning them to make a claim for the number one spot no the only people that i think are positioning themselves to make a claim for the number one spot is uh devin haney and cambosis they're the only two people that have belts everybody else is just uh dudes that are trying to get fights and call out names and keep their their names in the top rankings uh besides them who else would be great at look tank you can never uh uh not credit tank the guy is killed but again tank is one of those eye test judgments right because as he's gotten greater and and gotten older in his career 
his challenges have not gotten greater. They stayed at a certain level, and that's all we've seen. Ryan Garcia, we need to see him face more opposition. Uh, we about to find out uh, Jojo Diaz this uh, this weekend. You know, what I'm saying Jojo Diaz could be in the running. Shit, he's right there. He's he got the talent. So there's a lot of good names that you could throw in the hat, but there's really only quite a few that uh, the emperor, as he calls himself should be uh, even considering to have some of them fights, to have some fights with. And that, in my opinion, would be Tank, would be uh, Devin Haney, uh, Think uh, assuming he comes out victorious this uh, weekend, which we'll speak about later. Um, and that's about it. <laughs> All right, DLG, same question. Who's in the running right now for the number one spot? Uh, and I don't just mean in terms of by winning their next fight, them being number one. I mean, if these guys win, who do you see Gambosis potentially taking on and, like, who, who who's up for the win in your view? What makes it interesting is the politics, unfortunately, behind everything. And mm-hmm. everybody's with somebody different. You got Ryan with Golden Boy. You got Tank with PBC and Money Team, whatever is going on over there. Gambosis is uh, the Bella. And Haney is kind of unofficially uh, Eddie Hearn. So, and you have Loma with ESPN. So you technically have all the political parties in boxing kind of in the mix in this. And that's what complicates it. What should matter again this year, there's a lot of undisputed fights and a lot of potential undisputed fights that have happened or can happen. And that's what boxing should be about. It should be about being the number one guy and getting all those belts. Cambosos has a majority of them. Haney has one. That should be the next fight. That is the fight that makes sense. But politics gets in the way of everything, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Cambosos earned his shot to defend his belt where he wants to defend it. And if he wants to fight in Australia, that should be where the fight should happen. But you're going to have people who don't like to bring out those passports, and they want to make excuses and unfortunately still think that America is the center of the boxing world. And it's not. It should be whatever makes sense. If Cambosos can sell out a stadium in Australia, get your passport out, go to Australia, win the belt, and then you call the shots and you can fight wherever the hell you want. To start making demands or make excuses, he earned his shot. He came over here, and you said the crowd was against him. You you saw what he had to put up with. He was the huge underdog, and he earned his shot. So if he wants to fight in Australia, he's the big dog now. If you want that belt, go take it. People like what? Ryan, you fought a title eliminator to not fight for your shot. You go to the back of the line. I'm sorry. You don't just come in now and now you want to fight for the all the belts. Nope. Or majority of the belts. You had your title shot. You earned your title eliminator and you chose not to take it. You go to the back of the line and be quiet. Tank has the potential. It's a lot of eye test stuff. It would be interesting, but politics. Uh, the Bella and PBC, they're not exactly on the friendliest of terms. So that might get in the way of that. Uh, if it winds up going to purse bid or whatever the case may be, if there's a mandatory or whoever wants to try to get that fight to make it a, an eliminator, so Loma versus Comey, if that becomes an eliminator, then that person is going to get their shot eventually. So either Loma or Comey. You know Bob Arum wants Loma to get his belts back. So you know Bob Arum is going to try. You know Hearn wants to get Haney his shot. So there's a lot of politics going on. My thing is get undisputed out the way. And then everybody could fight for all the belts. But let's get somebody, let's get an undisputed champ. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see him take on Haney. Uh, 
his his group spoke to us on on Saturday night at the Garden. They made it very clear, um, as did Eddie Hearn, that he's not going back to Australia this week. His plan is to go over to Las Vegas this weekend to watch his compatriot, well, not his compatriot, but his 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 potential opponent in Devin Haney, uh, the WBC titleist. Uh, and he agrees. Look, they got to clear the shit up. He's willing to take on the fight. He wants the fight at 135. Uh, he wants to stay at 135. He wants to rule over the division as emperor for the foreseeable future. Let me get to long live boxing. My brothers over there do a great show. Uh, salute to them. Uh, he's saying great show, guys. Loving the show today. Keep speaking the truth. 100. Thank you. Hashtag HC. Appreciate it, fam. Look, I already see people in the chat. I might stroke your hate in. It doesn't matter what he does. You're going to hate. Okay. This is a play your hate in session. Um, I can't even say it's a play your hate in session. I mean, it's just not the case. Uh, I want to talk to you before you go. H, uh, sorry. Um, again, uh, hashtag HCP. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. DLG. Uh, I want to ask you about where Teofimo goes right now because his dad has made it very clear that he can no longer make 135 pounds. He says he's actually a welterweight. They've been draining him down to 135 for these fights. How do you see him faring, not necessarily against Josh Taylor, but against the likes of Cepeda, Progre, Ramirez, uh, you know, the guys who don't necessarily have titles but who are also vying for the number one spot, but at 140. It's interesting because after a loss like this, he still hasn't accepted the fact that he lost. So that's just going to make it harder for him uh, going forward. It still seems his father is calling shots. So again, it that all plays into this. His success is going to be owning up to the loss, owning up to the fact that he needs another trainer cutting the ties from his dad. If you want your dad to be there and talk all the shit for you and he take all the flack and you just go in and fight, cool. But you need someone else giving you direction. If he's going to go in with the same mentality, like I can just walk in and walk through these people, the people you walk through, you just said it yourself. You're not really someone who should be at this weight. You should be at a higher weight. So you basically were just bullying those people. So you're going to go up to a weight where people are your same size. And if you can't bully them, what's plan B? So if he doesn't get his head right, he's not going to have any success. And if they throw him in the lion's den right after, he's going to fizzle out a whole lot sooner than he has to. Uh, after a loss, take some time off, get a build your confidence fight, and take it from there. But if you're going to jump back in and try to take one of the top dogs on and then take a, a consecutive losses, it's not going to go well for him. There you go. Uh, same question to you, Kenny. Cepeda, Progre, Ramirez, the other top names at 140 that aren't champions because he's not going to get a shot at Taylor right away. Look, <clears throat> I think uh, he should push it and stay at 135 and try to redeem himself. That, that's my personal opinion. Uh, he says, Father say he can't make the way, so if he can't make the way, look, he's definitely not getting a shot at Taylor. Uh, he just got beat pretty badly, you know. Um, if it was like a, you know, a cl very close fight and controversial loss or something like that, then maybe, you know, although Taylor was talking about get that other belt, then we talk about this fight. So look, 
it's hard to say where he goes at 140, who he should fight at 140. Uh, if I was to some of the guys that were high ranked at 140, would you want to fight Teofimo Lopez? Or would you rather not face that level threat and face somebody who's high in the rankings that could potentially get you uh, another title shot? You know, why does Teofimo Lopez, the guy who just got beat at the lower division, who's going to come up, is he going to be high ranked in the division? You know, these are all questions that are to be answered. So it's, I, I don't know where he goes at the 140-pound uh, weight class. I think he should stay at 135 yeah. for at least to add on to that, To add on to that, he lost all his leverage when he lost <laughs> those belts. So if he still has his diva mentality of, I need to get all this money and I'm the A-side, it's going to still be difficult for him to make fights at 140 because they're just going to throw in his face. Dude, you got no belts. You lost all your leverage. So he's going to have to humble up real quick if he's going to want to do anything at 140. And, and having the belts would have been his only ticket to being high-ranked in the 140-pound division if and when moving up. He lost that. He lost his previous fight. I don't see him being high-ranked. I just don't know where he would be ranked at 140. Well, well let's let's look at the one. The already established look, standard. Sorry. Let's look, let's, that's fine, Kenny. Let's look at the 140 rankings. I'm going down to them right now, right? Uh, you've got the champion, clear champion, Josh Taylor. We're not going to count Tank Davis. At least I won't. Um, you look down to WBC, Zapata, Ramirez, Progray. And Martin, who just beat Mikey Garcia. How would he do against the Mikey Garcia? That might be a good fight. They're both coming off losses, right? They've got names, right? They both just fought on the zone. Although Teofimo Lopez Sr. says he's not fucking with the zone anymore, that it's all the zone's problem. It's all the zone's fault. I'm going back to top rank. Okay, good luck with that. Uh, you know, Josh Taylor, uh, IBF, maybe you get some more, some more movement over there. Aramias Ponce, we got Subriel Matias, um, you know, Josh Taylor, you've got uh, Jack Catterall under him at the WBO again, Arnold Barbosa, Liam Paro, Jose Pedraza, Jose Cepeda, Jose Ramirez, Regis Progre. So, I mean, it's the typical names. I mean, I honestly think Victor Postel would give him good work. He's over there with the WBC. I mean, you got a lot of good boxers here hanging around uh, at the 140-pound weight class, including Robert Easter still there, okay? And this dude, a prospect in Brandon Lee who knocks out everybody that's in front of him, he's always exciting. It's not an easy road, guys, is my point, um, if I am making one right now at 140. It's not he's going to get a title right away, and – He's definitely not getting a Josh Taylor fight right away. His dad was out there. You could check our video from yesterday, calling Josh Taylor a pussy, calling Josh Taylor a pussy motherfucker. All right. Uh, of all those names that you mentioned, are any of those pay-per-view, like Senior was saying, they have two pay-per-view fights. Was any of those fights pay-per-view? Oh, he's, he's got two pay-per-views coming up, apparently, and... The, that was that was before he lost. I don't think he had a conversation with Bob no, since that no, loss. No, yeah. Radio Raheem, check it out, DLG. Radio Raheem, he said, Kenny commented uh, on it yesterday. We did a Kenny reacts, all right? Uh, he made it clear. His next two fights will be on pay-per-view, and they will culminate with a fight against Josh Taylor. I got to hear that from Bob first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's hear it from Bob. I, I I mean, who are the top-ranked fighters out there for him? They got Zapata. We just saw what Zapata did. We but just saw pay-per-view. Is Bob going to put oh, that no, on no, pay-per-view? No, 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 no. They're not. No, look, okay, I, I got to get back to the original DLG question. 
Is it a pay-per-view? Absolutely not. Um, in fact, none of these fights are pay-per-view. Um, I don't even... If, if Taylor versus Ramirez wasn't on pay-per-view, why would Teofimo Lopez Taylor be on pay-per-view? I mean, Crawford and Porter was just on pay-per-view, and that did not do good numbers at all. And I would say that both of those guys are bigger stars in the game than, than, than Teofimo was, even as champion. I mean... Crawford, I saw him fight live in a full actual arena at the Barclays Center. Kenny was there with me to see him in action uh, at an arena, the big room, the main room, the actual MSG. He was there against a guy that even a lot of Dominicans hadn't heard of. Kenny can co-sign that in, in Felix Diaz, who, by the way, Crawford has said gave him one of his toughest fights, just saying. Uh... Those are bigger stars than he than than he was, even when he was holding all of these belts. You know, um, look, I mean, top rank, look at the bid they put in, right? There's a reason why he was trashing top rank and talking about how great Triller was. Then all of a sudden, Triller sucked. And then all of a sudden, the zone was where it's at. And now the zone, now they did a 30. And I don't like the zone. We're going to go back to Bob. Okay, go back to Bob. Let's see what Bob does for you. Uh DLG, let me get your final thoughts on anything, fam. And also, I want you to plug your stuff because I don't know if you guys follow this brother on Instagram, but he puts together some amazing image creations. Uh, I really like the way he juxtaposes the old fighters with the new fighters and have them looking like they're squaring off mano a mano live. All right, so DLG, any last thoughts? Plug your stuff, uh, and uh, let people know where they can find you, bro. Will do. Thank you. So the only thing is this is seems to be the year of Undisputed. Uh, you got Canelo Undisputed. Even on the women's side, there's Undisputed. There's a lot of potential Undisputed matches. Uh, Fulton versus MJ is potential. So that's what boxing should be about. It's the number one guy. Get all the belts. That's when you can talk your stuff. That's when you're the A-side. That's when you are the shot caller. Get all the belts. Call your shots. That's what this should be about. We're close in several divisions, and I think that's what the fans should be pushing for. Forget who's the most popular. Forget who fills the seats. Get all the belts. That's what boxing should be about. Uh, and for my stuff, it's uh, DOG Image Creations on Instagram. I spend most of my time on there and putting stuff out there. I do have Twitter just to kind of follow some of the fighters and stuff but I, I it's too toxic i try not to stay on twitter uh but dog image creations uh i make fight posters and just a lot of stuff i just do randomly but uh i love boxing i like photoshop it just two loves came together and just became a hobby well there you go uh brilliant mind as it relates to the boxing game brilliant mind when it comes to the image creations you got to check out dlg image creations he is amazing at what he does. Ding in the bell. Thank you. For DLG. DLG, thank you so much for coming on live for with me. me. Keep up the good work, fellas. And Kenny T. Thank you so much, brother. You have thank a good you, evening. Enjoy the rest of your Monday night. You too. Take it easy. Absolutely. So that was DLG. You got to check out DLG Image Creations. Kenny, what is next? Coming up for conversation. <laughs> we got nah, this weekend, we got quite a few good fights coming up. You know, uh, Sunday, 
uh, Eastside Cruz and Javante Tank Davis, and Saturday Devin Haney versus JoJo Diaz. Uh, I think it's going. There's going to be a lot of action this weekend, and also the undercard for the for the Tank Davis Eastside Cruz fight is actually pretty nice. I liked it at least. You know, it's not it's not a stinker like the Canelo undercards. Although Canelo's the goat, he could do that, whatever. But yeah, we have a lot coming up this weekend. Um, I don't know if you want to uh, start us off regarding thoughts and opinions, uh, how these fights may or may not go. Well, I think that the that the Devin Haney Jojo Diaz fight is going to be a really good fight. Uh, Dale, uh, Devin Haney is a really good boxer. I consider him one of the best boxers at lightweight. I don't think that that's in dispute. Uh, what is in dispute is obviously his WBC championship, and all he can do is fight, which is what he's been doing. Um, He's got a really good boxer in front of him, a guy with uh, issues as a professional in terms of staying on weight. I think that the move to 135 has been good for Jojo Diaz. He's a tremendously skilled fighter. Uh, Speak to people around USA Boxing. They'll tell you that in his Olympic class, there wasn't anybody more talented than this dude when it came to to pugilism. Um, Defensive skills, offensive skills. He's really good at closing the gap, getting inside getting busy with his hands. I think all of this is going to be trouble for Devin Haney. Um, I don't think Devin Haney is going to get a knockout in this one. No surprise there. He couldn't knock out Yuri Orkis Gamboa. Not really his game, just as it isn't Shakur Stevenson's game. These guys are master boxers that, you know, work well behind the jab, work well defensively, use their timing, um, use their, their, their accuracy, pick their shots, 50-50 fight, believe it or not, Kenny. And I'm going to save my pick on this one for later in the week. But what I am going to say is that it's going to be a good fight. Uh, Saturday, typical day for watching boxing. Sunday, we've got Tank Davis, Isaac Cruz. Uh, look, I'll be honest with you guys. I would love to be able to come here and say that Isaac Cruz is getting the upset, you know, picking the maestro special and all of that. But this is a Leonard Ellerby Mayweather fighter. And their track record is that they only take people who they believe will be cannon fodder for Tank Davis. Javante Davis has lined up a guy on short notice who's a lot smaller than him, which is saying a lot because he's not exactly the biggest dude. Uh, a guy with an offensive style who's going to go to war with Davis. It's going to be exciting for as long as it lasts. And then he's getting flatlined. Not not flatlined. Let me take that back. I don't want to say that. I don't want to put that energy out there. But he's getting flattened. Uh, he's getting knocked out. Um, and it, uh, expect a, a kind of a knockout of the year type finish to this fight. It's a mismatch. And um, that's what I got to say about that one. I'm saving okay. I'm saving my prediction, believe it or not, because I know Kennebai Foreman's probably saying, say, saying, oh, you know, uh, he, I, I, he's booing. I'm guessing he's booing because I'm not giving my pick. I'll tell you why. It's JoJo Diaz. I need to see the weigh-in. Sorry, guys. When it comes to JoJo, I need to see the weigh-in. I want to see the physical shape that he's in. I want to see his level of fitness. I want to actually make sure that he can make 135 pounds. Uh, I don't think that that's unreasonable. 
okay, for me to hold it until Friday, okay? Uh, up until Friday, I'm saying it's a 50-50 fight. Come Friday, I'll let you know my final pick. You can expect it. All right, I will be back live here on my channel. Or maybe it will be on Kenny T's channel, right, Kenny? Let's try to maybe, get we shall run. see. Let's try to get that up and running by the weekend. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> oh, get the ground running. There is another. <laughs> Look at that. My brother can't buy for me right there. Uh, there's another big fight. It's taking place in England. It's a Manchester, London war. You got the arrogance of London versus the grittiness of Manchester. Not that they don't get gritty in London, because they do now. Don't, 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 don't get at me, London. But Manchester is the gritty, nitty gritty. Okay, and they always got a chip on their shoulder over there. You've got King Lyndon Arthur. All right, King Lyndon Arthur versus Anthony Yard. Two, all right. Anthony Yard still has Mr. Tunde empty the tank Ajay in his corner. Okay, he's going in against a highly trained guy out of Manchester that beat him with one arm the last time. A lot of people are picking Yard to get some get back in the rematch, but I am not going that way. I have a lot of respect for uh, King Arthur, Lyndon Arthur, and he is my pick for Saturday night. So that's those are the three fights this weekend, Kenny, the big ones, all right? And uh, like I said, I'm holding off on JoJo. Don't hate me. I'm holding off on it until Friday. I need to see the weigh-in. All right, all right. Let me, I uh, guess, uh, before we do end up wrapping up and getting out of here, let me give my opinion really quickly, uh, give my judgments on who I think is going to uh, come out victorious this weekend and why. Uh, yeah, man. So starting from Devin Haney and Jojo Diaz, uh, this is going to be a, an extremely good fight. It really is. Both guys are great boxers. Devin Haney maybe, maybe by a tad bit, I think, has him on the speed department. You know, uh, I think uh, this fight depends on what styles of fighters come out in. Devin Haney, if he comes out, you know, doing his uh, his best boxing, uh, I think that'll be the best strategy, strategy for him as opposed to, like, last fight trying to come out and knock out Linares. But I think he's still going to be in trouble. Uh, I think that uh, Jojo Diaz take ri- takes the risk that he should. Jojo Diaz is also very fast, and he's uh, definitely – more powerful, in my opinion, than Devin Haney. Uh, maybe just as powerful as Linares. Uh, I don't, you know, can't really tell between those two. But yeah, uh, I think that uh, JoJo's going to come out here. I think he could potentially knock down Devin Haney. This is a very, very difficult fight to choose a winner from. But look, we just got an upset this last weekend. Uh, I'm going to go for that. We're going to get another upset this coming weekend. Jojo Diaz tasted defeat already. He knows what it's like. And he since he got defeated and moved up in weight, the guy is so much better than he was when he was in the previous weight class. He's extremely skilled. He's powerful. He's in there to win it. And I think he's going for the KO. Will he win by KO? I don't know. But I think there will be at least at least be one real knockdown in this fight. Um 
moving on to Tank Davis and uh, Eastside Cruz. Look, man, I think Tank Davis is going to lose a couple rounds early on. Definitely maybe one, two rounds, maybe maybe even three. I think he's uh, 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 going to get more aggressive and start uh, figuring him out more so after the third, fourth round. I hope he doesn't fall asleep because, you know, sometimes Tank Davis throws uh, two little punches and thinks he's doing too much and then has to be told by his corner that he's losing the fight or that he needs to be a little more aggressive. But at the end of the day, I do feel that this fight is going to end by knockout, but in the later rounds. Uh, Eastside Cruz seems to have a very good gas tank, and he does seem to hit very hard uh, and throw a hell of a lot of punches. He's not necessarily as defensive, but he does have a slight bit of head movement, which I do not think would be a problem for Tank Davis. But I do think that um, it's going to take it into the later rounds, because not because his defense, but more so because his offense, the power that he has. Tank da- If Tank Davis is as smart as he is, as smart as we know him to be, as smart as a fighter as he, we know him to be, He's not going to get in there toe-to-toe, fire-to-fire from the first round. He's going to play his little defensive game, throw his little very powerful pop shots real quick. That's what I see from the beginning. But I do see this ending by knockout in the later rounds in favor of Tank Davis. Regarding uh, Linda, Arthur, and uh, Anthony Yard, that is, correct? Yeah. We can uh, we can hold that for this weekend, bro, if you want to, because I want to do another live about it for the UK peeps that are that are sleeping right now. If you want to hold off on picking on that one, uh, you know what? I will hold off on picking on that one just because. Look, man, a lot has happened in in, in Anthony Yard's career in these last couple fights, and his trainer, and it's like a little a fake father and son thing, like Teofimo Lopez and his father. One that I think should be cut, and you know, I think he needs to find a different trainer, a uh, different mentor in the sport of boxing, just my opinion. But we'll see. Let me look at. It. Let me let me go see some tape. Because the judgment that I'd give you today would be based off of uh, my previous information and knowledge on Anthony Yard yeah, and no Arthur, and I'd rather catch some video. There's no rush, but I want to give people a little taste of why I'm really looking forward to this fight, Kenny. Let's go. You Linden, yeah, so Linden you're saying you're saying that you're in control. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I didn't not want to cool. fight. You. So if you're That's in control, cool. then the fight would happen a lot easier. It don't why make not? sense what you're saying. Why not? Because it just don't make sense. Why not? Why would I not want to come to Manchester? I fought in Manchester before. No, I've been to Russia. Against me. You, well, you had to go to Russia. Say again. All the headshot didn't hurt. You know, it don't matter what shot. I was learning. All I'm telling you is that. I wasn't holding on for dear life. All I'm telling you is that you said I hurt you. Big rematch. Lyndon Arthur and Anthony Yard, they run it back. Lovely jab there from Arthur. Good jab again from Arthur. Two of them trading blows there. Great right hand. How did Arthur stay up from that one? Anthony Yard raises his arm aloft. Lyndon Arthur does likewise for your winner, Lyndon King Arthur. I feel like I won the first. Yeah. Everybody didn't want to come to Manchester and fight it. Only there. You got no family. I too. You listen. I put you. Let it. You ain't punching nothing. All right. Listen. Let's go. He's acting up because he's nervous. I'm gonna win. That's just fact. They've done everything they could to get out of the rematch. Finally, the rematch we've all been waiting for. Let so you guys can check out the. Face-off, I love those face-offs, guys. Um, Going to be a great fight. Uh, guys, check it out. Look into the history. Pat Barrett, former uh, contender out there in the in, out of the U.K., out of Manchester. Gritty, grimy place. Check out 
Bugsy Malone, okay, one of the premier lyricists and artists out of Manchester, bro. This is gonna be this is gonna be a fight. I want to do a live actually for the UK peeps this Saturday. Uh, because we don't get a lot of them here for Mano a Mano because it's mad late out there right now, Kenny. But I want to do something Saturday afternoon because this is a big fight. This is the fight the streets are talking about in England. Let's get to Mr. Slight Tendencies. Yard, but sorry, yard one, but fights aren't solely based on damage. Um, I, I had I had Lyndon Arthur winning that fight, man. He had a bad right hand and bossed him with the jab. That just my opinion. We're looking forward to it. Uh, Kenny's gonna drop his pick on that one later in the week. I'm gonna drop my pick on JoJo Haney later in the week. Uh, that is it for us, D Style. If you're still in the chat, I saw you earlier. Drop the link, okay? Um, pretty sure it's Hispanics causing panic, uncensored. Kenny. I got something for us. Dropping the new beat. It's going to take us out of the show. You got any last thoughts, Kenny? Mute. There we go again. Nah, but thank you for having me. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for watching the show. If you haven't already, hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel. I'm making my own channel eventually. Uh, sometime this week, I'll try. I'll try. And Let's yeah, we, we we making this happen. Let's continue moving forward. Let's continue doing this strong, brother. Thanks, everybody. 100%. It was Mono on Mono Live. I need Kenny to drop some bars on this beat at some point. You guys don't know it, but Kenny is a rapper uh, himself. And I know he could do some justice to this beat right here. Kenny, that was Mono on Mono Live with Maestro King Kenny T. K.O. Kenny, King Kong Kenny. Thank you, bro. Uh, we're up out of here. That's it for us tonight. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit the notifications bell. Saludos a todos. Gracias. See you later. Good night. We out of here.